Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the program. Second hour of a busy show today, and I have been so looking forward to talking to Mike Ferguson because you hear Mike every uh, every day here uh, on News Talk STL five thirty nine, along with Gabe and Stell and. Uh, Mike, it's great to have you with me because um, I am so darn confused anymore. I don't know if we can ever figure out what this GOP is going to do up there in the House. I don't know if Joe Biden and John Kirby and all those guys will ever figure out that there is evil and there is good and there is you know right and wrong over in uh, Israel. Uh, the world just seems to be spinning like a top just uh, ready to fall off the table, doesn't it? I mean, how do you process what's going on here? Let's start with D.C. Let's start with D.C. Uh, The Speaker, Jim Jordan can't get enough votes. Steve Scalise can't get enough votes. What the hell's going on, brother? Man, I I tell you right now, what you've got is a Republican Party who just seems hell-bent on a circular firing squad. And right now, what they're telling, frankly, the world right now is we're not capable of leading, you know, you've got uh, obviously, you know, I'm glad to see that there are more Republicans in the House who are who are truly freedom fighters, you know, who are truly small government conservatives. Um, but what you've got is is not even a culture clash. What you've got right now is just a bunch of high school kids who just can't get along with each other, and nobody can see the bigger picture right now, Randy. I mean, right now yeah. they've got to have a leader, and the country is looking for leaders. Remember, a lot of the country, you know, a third of the country, close to 40 percent of the country do not identify as Republican or Democrat. They're independent. They tune in, you know, a lot more when times of crisis happen and they tune in uh, right before an election. And they look at the Senate and they know who the leader is. Uh, They could agree or disagree, but they know who the leader is. They look at the House and they see chaos. And the Republican Party is choosing chaos right now, and it is absolute um, self-destruction. It is an unforced error, and if the Republicans cannot get their act together, they're not going to have to worry about leading next year because they're going to lose the House. I think they're in grave danger of that right now, even if they turn the ship around at this point. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, I, you know, you, you hate to invoke Rahm Emanuel for crying out loud, but, you know, when he said, don't ever let a crisis go to waste. Well, look, the country has a crisis on so many fronts domestically. Now, of course, internationally. And I mean, this is an opportunity for the, the conservative, constitutional, limited government message to to take hold if there was ever a time for those middle of the road voters those independents that are the ones that make the difference in the in the election let's be honest it's not the echo chamber on the right or the left Uh, if there was ever a time for us to grab the bull by the horns and have you know and take the day take the oval office take the senate this is it and you talk about a lost opportunity i can't believe it i mean look when when in in terms of small r republicanism and and our representative uh, democracy our constitutional republic you know we go through a primary process and then 
-hmm. The expectation is you coalesce behind whoever wins the primary. Why can't they get that notion in their heads up in in the Capitol? I I don't get it, Mike. I just don't get it. Yeah, the the short answer is I don't know. And, And I mentioned this on my show yesterday. I said, what on earth are they thinking Steve Scalise was not conservative enough? What in the world are you thinking? This should have been a no brainer. I mean, you know, we can argue whether or not the chaos created by, uh, you know, Matt Gates and, and the Democrats uh, to throw Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, out. You can say that's good or that's bad. We can read it, but it's done. I mean, it's just it's in the past. You have to deal with what is there now. And uh, Steve, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, I thought both would be fine speakers. They'd be good speakers. I've met Steve Scalise, actually. And, you know, the idea that um, that there were 20 or so Republicans who, for whatever reason, just refused to put the the party in a position to actually lead is just mind-numbingly stupid. I just don't understand it. And what's happening is you've got some either through ego or just through the idea that we're going to make the perfect the enemy of the good uh, is just how you lose and how you hand over more power and control to the left. The Republican Party you know, they need to look at the bigger picture and say, we've got Joe Biden, who is doing everything from being incompetent on dealing with Hamas and Israel, incompetent on dealing with the economy, literally appointing people who are trying to rip the gas stoves out of your kitchen. And we need a <laughs> an ability to push back against the you know Green New Deal agenda, which has been put into all this other legislation. And right now they cannot get their act together to decide who is actually going to lead. They actually cannot advance legislation right now. And we're, what, 33 days away from another um, threat of a so-called government shutdown. I mean, if you're a Democrat right now in Congress, you just sit back, shut up, and just giggle to yourself because you helped create the the uh, the chaos and uh, the Republicans went for it hook line and sinker and they look more like a WWF battle royale than they do a political <laughs> party right now. Oh, that's great! Great analysis from Mike Ferguson. You hear him here on his show, Mike Ferguson in the morning, every Monday through Friday on uh, on News Talk STL five thirty to nine. Uh, well, it's rare that I agree with Stephen Colbert. I refuse to I refuse to give him the credit of that. Stephen Colbert said this about the chaos. Listen. In here, out there, Mr. and Mr. America and all the ships at sea, I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. It has been over a week now, right? Since Republicans ousted Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy in favor of their preferred leader, Madness. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. It's just it's crazy. And, and you know what? I think it's another opportunity politically lost uh, just in terms of tactically. When you see the likes, Mike, of uh, Rashida Tlaib, who won't condemn. She's chased by a reporter, won't condemn Hamas, yeah. flying, a, you know, posting the, the Palestinian flag outside her quarters, the squad, Cory Bush, everyone, you know, totally lockstep. In, in 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 square uh you know of support of this this madness over there this is a time where a censure vote could be taken and even though they may not get enough votes to censure them because the democrats are going to support them it would put the democrats on record and we're losing that opportunity too and so many yes. things to put the democrats in the senate on record if we wanted to defund the doj or other things that could be done it's just it's a travesty hey let's uh, let's shift uh let's shift a little bit i don't know if you saw this story i am increasingly 
angry. I mean, viscerally angry, Mike, about the way, you know, I think relatively innocent Americans got caught up in the way they were treated in the wake of J6. I know this sounds like an old story, but when you read the story of this guy, Casey Cusick, it was on Uncover DC, I sent it to you earlier, um, mm-hmm. who basically walked in. He was up there with his 73-year-old dad, who's a pastor and a Purple Heart veteran, and his elderly friend on J6. They basically, with open doors and police basically ushering them in, <clears throat> he went in and used the bathroom. You know, they, they wandered around the Capitol. And then, you know, a couple years later here, you know, the, the police, uh, the FBI come and shackle him in front of his wife and daughters. And then he goes on to talk about the jury selection process where the D.C. Jur- uh, judge was trying to talk jurors who thought, who basically said, we think everyone that was in that in that thing needs to go to jail. You know, they admitted their bias and the judge was talking, trying to talk them into being non-biased. It's just the way these people are being abused. It's 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 a it makes me sad and angry at the same time. Your thoughts. Yeah, and I didn't get through that entire article. I, I got a little bit of it before we came on here. I, I think we need to, to make a distinction on uh, the, the January 6th because, um, you know, the people who were violent, uh, the people who, um, you know, broke in, the people who, who caused the chaos, I think those people are absolute criminals and need to be treated and prosecuted as such. Now, we know Agreed. that there was video, like you just said, and, and that article references is that in some areas we saw that the doors, you know, were open and, you know, the, the guards stood down and, you know, they should not be treated the the same. Um, I, I will kind of question if he was there as part of the rally and said, well, I just wanted to go to the bathroom. I'm not sure that passes the smell test, you know, to say I'm going to wander into the, <laughs> the Capitol just to go to the bathroom. and leave. Was that I, pun I intended? Was that was that smell test yeah. pun intended there about going to the bathroom? That was very very good. Nice. Right, right. I'm going to play yeah. that on my yeah, best. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact <laughs> matter is, is that everybody who's accused is entitled under our constitution to a speedy uh, trial. And the whole thing about showing up with a team of agents to shackle somebody—that's not about arresting a suspect. That's about sending an intimidation message to uh, to political opponents. Now, I get myself in trouble on conservative talk radio sometimes. Because I don't have sympathy for the, the, the violent January 6th, uh, you know, people who were, you know, criminals and the, the, the mentally ill, uh, you know, so-called QAnon shaman guy. I think they should have thrown that guy in jail and leave him there. As far as I'm concerned, we cannot have our constitutionally mandated processes uh, subjected to uh, the whims of, of violent mobs. And I don't care if they vote the same way I do or not. There's a much bigger right. picture. But what what I saw from the part of the article I got through um, was that what you had here, assuming this guy's telling the truth, is uh, that they're showing up to make a statement more than they are to take somebody um, in custody. And that is similar to the DOJ being weaponized um, against, you know, parents speaking at school board meetings. It's a matter of we've got the uh, law enforcement, we've got the jail cells, we've got the you know, letters on our badges. Uh, if you challenge what, uh, what our, our boss and what our administration says, you will pay the price. And going down that route is what you see in Eastern Europe. That's what you see in South America. We can't let that happen in America. And I agree with you, Mike. I've been, I think, on your side of the fence on this. And I know you and I have both taken some hits from from, you know, our our core who says, oh, you know, well, whatever. You cannot you've got to be an equal 
um, arbiter of, of the truth. And the truth is that there were people, uh, the Proud Boys and some of the others that not only caused property destruction, but were hell bent on, on hurting people on, I mean, they had zip ties. They were going to go after Mike Pence for crying out loud. I mean, yeah. that is indefensible. It's criminal. And just like BLM activists who, oh, I'm sorry, they weren't mobsters. They weren't gang where there wasn't riots. They, they gathered in large numbers in our American cities to loot and, and, uh, you know, ruin businesses and and kill cops you know that's indefensible as well and but yeah. it's it's the way that these people are being arrested i mean you look at these videos you see it i mean the, these guys in flap jacket you know they're they're in you know uh, uh, the, the the protective garb the fbi agent are strong arming this guy i mean come on really are you kidding me yeah i just it's, well, it's the theater of it all of it, that's that's what makes me sick you know praying yeah, I mean, they're doing this to some of the pro-life activists who are, you know, praying outside of, uh, of uh, you know, abortion bills and things like that. But it's all about making a statement. You know, if they come across even investigating years later, they say, you know what, we, we think you trespassed, you commit a crime, you whatever the case is. Well, OK, you, you put a warrant out for the arrest just like you would anybody else. And if you right. got to arrest them, then, you know, I mean, I know a lot of police officers uh, and, you know, they they ra- they would rather have the path of least resistance. Uh, if objectively somebody is not a threat for violence, you knock on the door. We have a warrant for arrest. Please step out, turn around. Um, you know, and most of the cops that I know, and I know a lot of cops, um, you know, they would much rather not do that in front of other people for the simple reason that making a show of it increases the likelihood that there is a conflict or violence or emotions get uh, run away. So, yeah. you know, you got the video of that guy, um, you know, showing them shackling feet and hands and, you know, right in front of everybody. That's about intimidation. Um, that's not about um, keeping good. Uh, that's not about law enforcement at that point. Yeah, it's um, it's it's troubling. I, I don't think any of us would ever endorse people law breaking, whether it's in a misdemeanor kind of an offense or or something more serious. Right. We want equal application for everyone. And it's um, it's a troubling time. Like you say, this is the kind of stuff that you see uh, Gestapo and, you know, uh, the third world countries doing. And I, I don't know where it's going to end. Finally, I was startled last night to see Sarah Carter interview a pro Hamas anti-Israeli rally I think it was in New York City and the guy said he tried to waffle he tried to equivocate well you know we we agree civilians shouldn't be hurt but you've made up these stories about babies being killed I couldn't believe it we are now in holocaust denial territory Mike I I don't know where we're going in this country and nor nor do I want these people's free speech stifled but right. there's way too many people in way too many numbers that just don't want to look at the naked truth and admit that, hey, there's no moral equivalence here in terms of what they claim is an occupation and the slaughter that went on there. Oh, with, without question. This is this is one of the most dangerous times we've we've lived in. And the, the weird part, the weird desk part about all of that, Randy, is that Hamas themselves are providing the documentation. They're the ones mm-hmm. showing what they're doing as part of an intimidation tactic. I mean, just hours ago, they showed video uh, that they took and they posted to social media showing the human shields and the, the Israeli children who have been kidnapped and held. We know these atrocities are happening because they're telling us that they're happening. And yet the uh, U.S. media still 
wants to, um, you know, wants to provide some kind of cover. I mean, what it shows, Randy, is that it is going to be, despite all of the new sources we have, despite all of the interconnectivity that we have worldwide with technology, it is getting harder and harder to sift through the propaganda and get to the truth uh, as to what's actually happening. And what's happening right now is the hard left, the pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist, pro-Palestinian, pro-criminal, pro-butcher left wants to obfuscate. They do not want us knowing the truth. They just want enough people to say, well, I don't know. I'm hearing both sides and I, I don't know what's really happening because that, that creates a paralysis of, uh, you know, of support and that creates confusion and terrorists thrive on confusion and chaos. Yep. And this is what they're doing is we're lying. I mean, we know that person's lying. There, there's no, you're right. There's no moral equivalency. You, there is no whataboutism. There is a good guy right. and there are bad guys in this case. <laughs> you know, Israel, as Nikki Haley, I thought pointed out pretty well this week, Israel is the first line of defense against Islamic terrorism in the world. So even if you take out those of us, you know, who have a faith and believe that we have a duty to stand with, with, uh, you know, with the Jewish state, uh, you take all of that out, remove all of that. It is a key U.S. ally and a key U.S. interest in that region for political and for moral and for other reasons. And so, uh, when you have, um, you know, that kind of chaos saying, well, you know, everybody's bad there. Uh, you know, it's all the same. These are just two different, uh, parts of a conflict that that's complete nonsense. You have, um, you know, you have Israel is the first line. We're the next line. They hate us as much as they hate Israel for so many reasons. And the idea that there's a moral equivalency or we should play referee uh, to a competitor game is absolute the wrong uh, dishonest mindset and dishonest narrative that we just cannot buy into. I couldn't agree with you more. And those words are beautiful pearls of wisdom on a Saturday morning from Mike Ferguson. You can hear more of Mike and friends every day here on Newstalk STL, 530 to 9. Mike, thanks for this. Thanks for everything that you are doing every morning to get out the truth and get out common sense and constitutional wisdom, man. it's um, I'm just so glad that you're on the air um, doing that. And uh, keep up the great work, buddy. Thanks for being with me. No, thanks so much. I mean, so much coming from you, Randy. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good rest of your weekend. All right, guys. Uh, when we come back, um, I'm wondering if it's time for a draft. And I'll, uh, we'll ask that question when we play a clip when we come back, because I think uh, given the challenges facing America and facing this military and what they're doing to meet it, holy cow. After that, Virginia Cruda, Kathy Barnett with the Vivek Ramaswamy campaign, and Carol Lieberman about terrorism, PTSD, and our relationships. We'll be back in a minute. This is Larry Connors. Right now, you're listening to Dr. Randy Tobler. Informative, engaging, enjoy. And I invite you to listen to the Larry Connors USA Daily Report, Monday through Friday at 6. Okay, no, no problem. Hey, welcome back to the program. Um, 
I had a clip that we're going to try to play here for you. Um, but there is some news, some distressing news coming out of the U.S. military. Um, we've talked at a little bit about the lack of physical preparedness and eligibility and how the bar for military recruitment has been going down. Um, because they need to fill the ranks. They need to fill the battalions, right? And so, you know, if you had to, I don't know, do 50 push-ups in, in a minute before, now you got to do only 30 or whatever the number is. If you had to run two miles in, you know, 10 minutes, you know, 15 minutes before, now you know, okay, do it in 25. We're okay with that, you know. Um, now we're, it's being reported that the Pentagon is looking at immigrants and recruiting immigrants. Take a listen to some of the challenges in, uh, in this clip. The Army and Air Force are looking to immigrants to overcome recruiting shortfalls. They've ramped up their marketing, including on social media, to entice legal immigrants to enlist. They're also using recruiters with similar backgrounds to appeal to potential recruits. But the biggest draw for migrants is the promise of a fast track to citizenship, plus jobs and education benefits. Both the Army and the Air Force have said they will not meet their recruiting goals this year. All right. So, look, the facts are that the voluntary military is not cutting the mustard. And I know this may meet with some um, disdain from you. I, for one, think that we, in this time of threat, if you're just joining us, we were talking earlier. Quentin and I have talked about this. like to hear what you all think about this. 314-912-1019. There is, there is an emerging multi front threat to america and that front is draining our resources we don't have boots on the ground we've got materiel problems we're sending everything to ukraine our manufacturing base for missiles and for destroyers and for aircraft i mean it's limited to just a few producers because of the high tech involved now we're sending more and more over to israel and they're going to they're going to get overwhelmed the iron dome will get overwhelmed if hezbollah jumps in full force and we're already seeing them now launch uh you know rockets and if, if they've got they've got orders of magnitude more rockets to fire at us and they're smarter rockets than hamas and israel i should say and israel's defense is aided in very large part by by american material so they're draining our resources we have a weakened human resource problem in the military with just enough personnel to fill the bill and i propose that we have a discussion like israel does like many countries do where you have some form of public service in germany they do it between high school gymnasium and advanced training um it's a year i believe over there my son uh, did his uh, year of uh, for his German and international business major was in Stuttgart. I got to know some of those. Some of the young men uh, served in nursing homes. Some served in other capacities, but they had a service commitment. And I'm wondering if it isn't time that we consider the equivalent of a draft. Everyone, every every young man, every young woman, um, with maybe exceptions, if you're a woman taking care of a child in a in a in a family situation, I would uh, I would uh, say let's uh, let's that let's absolutely make a waiver for that. Oh, Randy, you traditionalist. Yep. Here comes my Mark Levin imitation, Quentin. Are you ready? There, I said it. 
Um, but I think it may be time for us for, for multiple reasons, practically speaking, and perhaps, perhaps nationalistically speaking, we're losing a healthy nationalism. The left wants to make nationalism a bad word. Nationalism doesn't mean Nazism. Nationalism means I'm an American citizen. I believe in the constitutional tenets of this country, and I will serve this country. On the other hand, when we're recruiting immigrants, you heard what the reporter said. The reason immigrants are signing up, just like many Americans sign up. Well, I really, uh, I'm sort of wishy-washy about the military and the country service, but man, I can get my education for free. Well, okay, okay, okay. Um, whatever. <laughs> There's something about service to your country because it's the right thing to do to serve your country and to pay back with those who came before you in World War II, in World War I, in the revolution, um, if freeing the slaves in, in the Civil War, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, however misdirected you may think they were, men served on, men and women served honorably to defend this country. And maybe it's high time that Americans, well, think of it as a Sam's or Costco membership. You want to be a member of the club? You got to pay a little bit to get that card carrying membership. Not we pay you with, <laughs> we pay you immigrant with a, a fast track to citizenship. Really? Wow. Is that the right motivation? And will the service given when it comes time to charge up that hill, to go underground in that tunnel in Israel to get American hostages, to go into that next theater of war that, as Quentin said, we don't know where it's going to come from, but when we're weakened, China or one of its surrogates may be coming for us. Will we have the same motivation? Those people who joined the military for the wrong reasons, not to serve their country, not as a duty to pay back to those who have provided this, this safety net of freedom and security and prosperity. That is the great American experiment. Um, will, will the drive be the same? And I just question whether it is. I've often lamented the fact that I didn't serve. Uh, we weren't at war when I was eligible, um, and I didn't serve. I, I, In a way, looking back, I wish I could have. I've actually told my son-in-law, who's in special forces training, I said, would they like an old dog to meet? I mean, could I, you know, I can I can run a couple miles. Uh, I, You know, I don't know if I can meet all of the standards, but I'd love to serve. Well, you probably wouldn't meet it. My vision, I got some, I got some stigmatism and whatever. Yeah. What say you? 314-912-1019. Is a draft or something like that, like the Israelis use, public service, a public service commitment, especially at a time when look at all that is given to young people. I mean, look at all of the, and their parents, look at all of the social safety net, the financial safety net this country has. Free this, free that. Now we're going to forgive loans. How about you want your loan forgiven? Hey, pony up and uh, pay back a little bit with that great education you got in advanced feminist studies. Put on some, put on some camo. Lace up your boots. Serve this country. Rather than criticize this country, rather than diss this country, rather than 
want to tear down everything about this wonderful constitution republic and build it up in some progressive utopian Marxist way that never works out very well. Have you seen Venezuela? How's that working out for you? We have a caller, Quentin. Let's go. We got a caller that's jumping on board. I I I, I want to get your opinion. Uh, I think it's a, it's a discussion. It's something that we should have. Um, I see. I see the patriotism in my daughter, my who is already patriotic, but as she is around military families and supports. She's the head of a support group for members in in, uh, special forces training. When you see the cohesion there, when you see what the military does to people, um, I don't know. I just I think that there's a certain discipline getting up at the same time every morning, obligation to say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. I still when I meet someone, whether they're younger or older than me, I call them Mr. or Mrs. until they give me permission otherwise. That's not happened anymore in America. Who, who's on the line? Quentin? So Let's we have go to David that. on first, and then we have Sean following him up. David, you're up first on the Tobler Show. Go. Hey, Randy. Good morning. Been a long time. David MacArthur. How are you, sir? Hey, David. Hey, how you doing, man? How you? How's things going? I haven't talked to you or Moose in ages, man. What's going on? Well, the world is a different place for us all, Randy. The world's a different place for us all. He's, um, you know, yes. he still struggles with his uh, his efforts. So, <clears throat> when you want to talk to someone about having uh, military pride, you're talking yes, to the right guy. But with that yeah. said, you know, your ideas of uh, bringing young people into the fold today, as I would call it. You know, Randy, I admire the thought, but I get shivers to think that it's that we would be trying to almost force patriotism into someone's blood. I think it has to begin way, way sooner than that. We have to start teaching history, true history in school. We have to start teaching Amen. family values again, because you can do all those things that you want to do um, and, and trying to enlist people into, you know, service. But unless they really understand what they're going to serve, for what purpose is it? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, I agree with you. I, we've got to move the clock back in terms of, you know, creating that spirit, that realization of just how beautiful this country is. And it makes you want to, once you realize that, you want to serve. What can I do to support the grand old flag and everything it stands for? You're right. But you know, but you know, uh, Dave, I got to tell you, I, I, personally, being around Moose, being around you, made a difference in my life when we were doing our you know when you guys had oh the bakery God. and we would do our remotes there okay so there's something infectious about being around military people i can tell you right now quentin corngay comes from a military family being around quentin is inspirational to me when i hear him just the way he conducts himself there's a different the military and the discipline that it instills in you there's something there that just uh infects your mind in a very very good way and you may not agree with everyone but there's a matter of respect and decency that just that just results from that exposure and you know Randy there is no doubt about that but think of yourself question the, the this how many schools today do not even allow a, rec- a military recruiter to step in their doors? Yeah, 
They right. don't. They You're do right, not man. give kids today the opportunity to admire and to see somebody else that picked themselves up off the street that came in out of the gang. You know, in Moose, sir, we yeah. talk about letting the immigrants in. You go to San Diego, my friend, and you do, and you watch a a, a, a Marine Corps graduation. Sixty percent of that force is is Hispanic. This isn't new. These, this is something, and these people have more national pride than, than our own individuals that are raised in schools that taught that, you know, we, you come from a bad place. Your heritage is bad. You, you know, you're white, you're bad, you're, you're black, you've been held down, blah, blah, blah. They, they haven't had the indoctrination that we've had for now three generations. And, you know, it's got to start over. Or if it, otherwise, yeah. we're doomed, Randy. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. The hey. history of my grandchildren. You know, I just bought uh, my me too. a book, and, and the book is it's a, it's by a company called Battle Books for Boys. Camden loves World War One. That's how you start. Oh. you start. Hey man, the I feel, history of war. I feel your passion, Dave. I feel your passion, and you're so spot on. There are so much, so many cultural tasks at hand. Um, it's going to take uh, it's going to take more than a village. It's going to take a country to change this mindset. And I hope uh, I hope everyone listening today takes your words to heart. Hey, brother, we love you, and give Moose our best. Thanks for calling. The best. All right. Um, let's go to uh, Sean. Uh, we're going to extend this segment a little bit, and we're going to check with Virginia and see if she'll move uh, move uh, for us a little bit. She will. It's gracious of her. This is an important discussion. Um, let's talk to Sean r- right now. Go ahead, Sean. You're on the Tobler Show. Hey, how are you doing, Dr. Tobler? I'm good, thanks. What's on your mind? Well, I'd like to disagree with your last caller. I think we ought to make it mandatory service for our high school students before they enter college or the workforce. As a young man, I learned a lot from my military service. I I learned loyalty, duty, honor, togetherness. And the way our education system is today, these, these things aren't being taught. So where are our children other than, you know, the parents going to learn this? The military is, really hard knocks university for life. It, it, it sets young people up on a path that they learn from the hard way. I agree with you, Sean. I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it hardens um, soft people and it refines people that, uh, you know, are basically molded in the right direction, but it brings refinement and I think uh, galvanizes that uh all of those virtues you talk about. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, buddy. I appreciate it very much. And thank you for your service. I really, really humbly appreciate that. When we come back, um, we're going to take more calls on this uh, because this is an important topic. Is it time for a public service commitment out of America's youth? Should And when should that happen? Randy Tobler with you. Quentin there producing 314-912-1019. We'll be back and take your calls. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. 
it was a grave mistake to let in so many people of totally different cultural and religious and concepts because it creates a pressure group inside each country that does that. Now, that was Henry Kissinger, ladies and gentlemen. Henry Kissinger at age 100. I think it, it it's arguable that Henry Kissinger may have been the most effective um, Secretary of State we've had. And he was a special envoy, of course, during the, during the uh, you know, remember the shuttle diplomacy and so forth. Um, now, you know, say what you will about aging. Don't assume that every person that gets older is demented. Don't assume that Henry Kissinger at age 100, when he says it was a grave mistake to let in everyone, what he was basically saying was, when you have expectations lowered of people that enter the club, no matter whether it's Germany or the United States or Britain, or I think he's speaking from a, a generic sovereignty standpoint. And there's not an expectation of some test or evidence of the intent for the immigrant to be assimilated and to want to assimilate. You have trouble. And, you know, as we were talking about the military recruiting immigrants and why do immigrants want to be recruited so that they can have a fast path to citizenship? Well, I'd want to vet that a little more. I'd want to understand is do they want a fast path to citizenship to get all of the socialist benefits or do they truly love this country and its ideals and its mores and its values? There is a way to figure that out. You look at the great immigrant waves that in the late 19th and early 20th century, and you look at the history of those people that came from Germany and Ireland and Italy and Switzerland and, you know, everywhere. Those people came with, you know, a suitcase and 50 bucks. And, and, and they had designs and did become tailors and watchmakers and jewelers and retailers. Because they wanted to participate in and become Americans, not Italian Americans, not Swiss Americans, not Irish Americans. Oh, yes, they still celebrated their cultural heritage. But the lives they lived, the businesses they grew, the contributions they made were for a America under the big umbrella of limited government, freedom to prosper, and responsibility to prosper. And and I'm not sure, and I think what Kissinger's getting at is we don't have that anymore. We have people that come in that want to take advantage of all the goodness that's America without really wanting to play by the rules. That never, ever, ever works out well. As I said, my son studied in Germany. Now, this was, what, 10 years ago or so, maybe more now. And at that time, there was the great influx of immigrants 
um, Muslim immigrants. And then we started seeing, they started seeing the, you saw it in Munich, you saw the riots that, you know, mass casualty events. Because they didn't want to assimilate. In the UK, there are areas where you can't even go because they have Sharia law. They're essentially little fiefdoms run under a different system of law in certain boroughs and in certain uh, jurisdictions within London and within the, the within Britain. I'm sorry, call me nationalist, guilty as accused. That doesn't mean I'm xenophobic. I grew up in the music business in St. Louis. Some of my best buddies were musicians who were from the hill. One of our favorite hangouts is to go to Charlie Gito's down on the hill. I love hanging out there. This is not about being afraid of. And in fact, I embrace, I love multiculturalism, but in the name of people who bring their heritage and share it as Americans. That's why I'm for public service. I think public service of some type is something that's time has come. Because we've got to turn this ship around and we better do it in a hurry or all will be lost. I feel that fervently. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I, I don't know. Do we have a caller, Quentin, real quick or not? We've only got about an hour, about a minute here. I see, uh, if, if you're not, yeah, let's, let's get on the line with, uh, with caller. Go ahead. We got about oh, a minute. I, I accidentally just hung up. I thought I'd put him online. Um, well, that's okay. No back. big deal. No but big he deal. was actually, actually, no I, I went to, I went to, um, he, he was an advisor. He was, he used to be the advisor for Kissinger or he used to work with Kissinger and he was saying that this oh, wow. is actually, he doesn't think that this was accidental. I think this was a deliberate, um, decision from him. Um, I hope he does get to call back, but I know we are packed with guests next hour. So. Okay, well, we're packed. You know what? Let's maybe we can, uh, maybe right if he calls now. back. Actually, he's, uh, he's on right now. We're going to go ahead and put him on. Okay, real quick. Let's get him back on. Real quick. We've only got about uh, 50 seconds here. Quickly, quickly, caller, go ahead. We got a couple minutes. Go ahead, caller. I would, I would differ with Mr. Kissinger's remarks in one point uh, where he says it was a mistake. And I've been staying on top of this stuff for a long time, and I would differ in that I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was a deliberate strategy and tactic on the part of the left uh, to dilute uh, national identities. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, you know, remember a couple of years ago, the big replacement theory controversy that Republicans were accused of oh. promulgating. When Absol- you look into it, it was actually yeah. a... Things that the uh, Democrats and leftists had bragged about for decades. I mean, I remember back sure. in the 90s and bragging about it. So I think it's deliberate. I don't think it's a mistake. I think they knew what the results would be, and I think the uh, it was intended. Yeah. Well, but I, I think I think the uh, the spirit of Kissinger's comments should really weigh heavily. We really need to take that to heart, don't you think? I mean, we, look, this yeah. is not about this is not about wanting to have a an Aryan society of, of, no, of version two point in America. That no, and not at all. No, it's I, about. I agree with look, everything do you, else. Do you want to be in America? I don't think it was a mistake. 
Okay, it was intentional. Got it. Hey, thank you for calling back. Appreciate it. All right, grave discussion. Uh, great discussion. We're going to talk with Virginia Cruda, and we'll continue this thread with her. And then, of course, there's some other things that Virginia has been writing about. And later, Carol Lieberman, uh, America's psychiatrist, and a Vivek Ramaswamy uh, uh, campaign uh, uh, manager, or not manager, but uh, member as well. Uh, she's an advisor to Vivek. We'll talk with her as well. Lots coming up on the Tober Show. Don't go anywhere. Keep- 